Hello, and welcome to the Covenant Fellowship Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us. Today's message is here to help you preach the good news everywhere in your day-to-day life. Here at Covenant Fellowship, we accomplish this by encountering God, loving people, and serving others with everything we've got. Now let's dive in. Say this with me. I am a missionary. I am on a heavenly mission with heavenly resources to advance the kingdom in a significant way. My mission is to preach the good news of Jesus to everyone everywhere. I want them to encounter God, experience his love, and serve in his kingdom. I'm going to do this and be word-centered, spirit-led, presence-driven, and today is mission-engaged. Mission-engaged. Now, we've talked about mission, but I want you to define mission-engaged. In June, the Lord gave me an opportunity, and this church gave me an opportunity to do what it is, was a sabbatical. I spent those, that month of June seeking the face of the Lord, and out of the June sabbatical, came back with some things that throughout the next probably year will come out of my heart that I have. But one of those was identifying our mission, vision, and values so that we can be like a laser shot, like a rifle shot. We're, you know, too, too much shotgunning going on, too many beads going here in multiple directions. And it's only good at close range. And we're trying to do something for the glory of God that will reach around the globe. And so we need to be like a rifle shot. We need to be able to hit hit the spot. And so I believe one of the things that will help us do that is identifying mission, vision, and values. We don't need a fancy mission statement that preach the gospel to everyone or the good news to everyone everywhere comes from Mark chapter 16. Jesus gave us a mission. Amen. He gave us a mission. I don't need to change that. We have a mission. So let's go to Mark chapter 16 and let's read the mission Jesus gave us. And then we're going to talk about what it means to be mission engaged as a church family. And I hope to expand your understanding of what it means to be on a mission. Now, a missionary is just somebody that's on a mission. We tend to think of that as only of overseas, but we're missionaries. We come from a different country. Can you say amen? Huh? My origin is of a heavenly origin, amen, because I got a new nature. I became born again, okay? I was born earthly in the United States of America in Russell County, Virginia, but I was born again of a heavenly celestial kingdom, and now I'm on a mission for him, for his glory. Can you say amen to that? So I'm a missionary here on a mission, and here's what our mission is. Mark 16, verses 15 through 18 says, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's it. The gospel means good news. So that's why we're saying we're preaching the good news of Jesus to everyone, everywhere. Can you see that? And here's what's the result. He's baptized and will be saved. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe is condemned. And these signs will follow those that believe. Can you say amen to this? Look at this list. In my name they shall cast out demons. How many know the devil can't hold us back? 
They will speak with new tongues. How many of you understand we've got a spiritual connection to heaven? Huh? They will take up serpents. How many of you know that even demonic activity that the devil sins can't even stop us? If they drink anything thing deadly, it by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. One more passage of scripture that I want to give you. It's in Matthew 6 and 30. And we'll revisit it at the end. Matthew 6 Verse 30 through 33. Now, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. Now, we've done prayed, so let's engage. Why should we be mission engaged? Here's the number one thing. Why should we be mission engaged? It's very simple. Jesus asked us to. You, you don't need any more than that. I'm going to read you some quotes here in just a few minutes about a heavenly king who give you a commission. But you need to understand, Jesus asked us to. It's not Michael Booker, it's not church leadership, it's not the board, it's not the pastors, it is Jesus. Jesus asked us, yeah, Jesus, the one who rescued you from a place that you could not rescue yourself. You couldn't quit sinning, amen? He had to save you from your sin. You, you, you could not stop your path, my path, we couldn't stop our path to hell. But Jesus did. Amen. He did. I got maybe one amen out of that. I need to help you here just a minute. I, maybe I can preach a little bit more, but I need to help you just a little bit. You need to understand that you, you didn't just get good one day. You didn't just decide, I'm going to be good, and God say, okay, your goodness is going to get you to heaven. Because you can be good, and you can compare yourself to whoever you want to. And all it takes to be good is just find somebody meaner and terrible than you, more terrible than you. Then you look like you're a good guy. Huh? All you got to do is find somebody bad. That's why I got married. No, I'm just kidding. She's in kids' ministry today. I can't believe I said that. <laughs> Y'all know how much I love my wife. <laughs> Y'all know how much I love my wife. This, no, man, I tell you what, she... <laughs> that's why she married me. <laughs> that's why she married me. No, just kidding. All you got to do is find somebody worse than you. And now you look good. But we're not compared to one another. Bible says if we compare ourselves to one another, that's not wise. Huh? It's not wise to look at somebody else and then to determine your value or your goodness or your badness. You, you got to look at Jesus. And when you look at Jesus you find out that there's none perfect but him and we're all bad. And But he saved us and he made us good. It's called imputed righteousness. Now the goodness of God lives inside of you by the blood of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. That's good news, friend. And Jesus, that one that saved us, he's the one that said, I need you to do something for me. I've done something for you that you never could do for yourself. But I'm going to ask you to do one thing. I'm going to ask you to tell somebody else. So go tell the good news of Jesus Christ. And so how many of you know that's extremely important? So now what do we got to do? What do we got to do if he asks us to go, go do the mission? You know what you got to do? Simple, obey. 
obey. Quick story, 1 Samuel chapter 15. I'm going to read through verse 18 through 23 real quick for you. And I'll share it with you. It says, now the Lord sent you on a mission and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them all until they are all consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the spoils and do evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said to Samuel, but I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. How many know halfway is not all the way? Uh, he, he said, I have, but I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and gone on the mission which the Lord sent me and brought back Agag, the king of Amalek, and I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites, but the people took of the plunder, the sheep, the oxen, the best. How many know blaming somebody else ain't going to get you nowhere? Uh, blame the best of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice is... Whoa, 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 whoa. Yes, let me back up. He said, but the people took the plunder, the sheep, the oxen, the best of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. So Samuel said, how I many you know somebody needs a prophetic word from time to time? Has the Lord as the, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as is obeying the voice of the Lord, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. I mean, you know, there's no substitutes for the mission. And, and to heed than the fat of rams for rebellion. How I many you know God sees the lack of engaging in mission as rebellion? And rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. As the sin of witchcraft. You know what witchcraft is? It's conjuring up demonic spirits for help, for assistance, for, for adoration, for something to value. And he says rebellion is just like that because you've conjured up your own will and you've worshipped your own desires. Woo! Huh? You've worshipped your own desires. He says, and stubbornness. Mm. Stubbornness. Stubbornness. Aren't we just stubborn people? Well, welcome to witchcraft and demonic things. Anyway, is as iniquity and idolatry because you have rejected the word of the Lord. He has rejected you from being king. Now you might say, whoa, I'm not a king. I beg to differ. Yeah, Revelation says you are a king and a priest. Bible says in the epistles, you are a royal priesthood. That's recognizing your royalty as a king or queen and recognizing your priestliness or your devoted place to God, which is the priesthood. Amen? And so God says, yeah, you are a king. Yeah, you are a queen, and I have put you there. Amen? But you've got to be on mission. And the mission, and here, this was a, this was a mission that would, I think, would be very hard to be able to do. So what he's done is he's told Saul, I want you to go to Amalek, and I want you to wipe out everybody. Now, some would say, well, that's God being harsh. Listen to me, friends. Um, if, if you were to, um, uh, what, what, what is the terrorist group in uh, 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 Afghanistan right now? Taliban. Let's say you were to see Taliban uh, raiders come into a village, start raping children and, and what, women right in front of you, Dad, while holding you down with a knife at your neck, which is what they do, 
and then after they raped them, murdered them in front of you for the purpose of getting you to deny or renounce loyalty to anything other than Allah and the cause of his, or the cause of the Taliban and, and, and get involved in jihad, which is holy war. If you don't do that, then they're going to kill them one by one to make you, and if you don't do that, they'll ultimately kill you. Can I ask you a question? Is it all right to say those people need to be taken care of? If they're not going to get right with God, do they not need to be taken care of? See, some of you are so hesitant to say, I need you to understand that I'm not here inciting evilness. I'm not here inciting riot. I'm not here trying to say, I'm just trying to say that in the Bible... There were people like that in the Old Testament that God says, here's what I need you to do, king. I need you to go in there and I need you to annihilate every one of them because I am tired of people getting raped and tortured just like that. And, and Saul said, you know what? Maybe we not ought to do that all because they got some sheep and they got some good things. There's some good stuff about it, so we're going to keep that. And God says, that was the whole problem. Now, that was an Old Testament thing. That was an Old Testament time. That was a different day. That was a different time. Now we're under the new dispensation of the grace of God. And all that God says to do now is, I want you to be engaged in this mission. Go tell everybody. Well, I can't because I'm getting embarrassed. Well, I can't because... You understand what I'm saying? You have to understand that God is saying you've got to engage in mission. And because he asks you to, listen to me, this is not optional. It's not optional what our calling is before the Lord. We're not here to just have good music and worship and have a good church service. We're on a mission. We're warriors. Amen. We're warriors of the faith. We don't fight with guns and spears. We fight on our knees and with worship and praise. And what are we fighting against? Not one another and not the people of this world, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickednesses in high places. Well, what can we do against that? Our weapons don't seem like much. Oh, God says your weapons are not, they're not carnal, but they are mighty. They are mighty. They will pull down strongholds. They will destroy the works of the enemy. Come on, somebody. He said you do have a mighty tool. You do have those tools that I have given you. But what we got to do is engage in mission because he asks us to the second thing second thing that happens when you engage in mission it brings revival yeah man the mission brings revival yes it does how many of you know when he said go into all the world preach the gospel and here's what's going to happen signs are going to come behind you well let's look at those signs happening at one particular point Acts chapter 8 Acts chapter 8 says then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached the gospel Acts 8 5 through 8 is where I'm at he said he went down to Philip he went down to Samaria and preached the gospel of Christ to them and multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip hearing and seeing the miracles which he did for unclean spirits came clean spirits crying with loud voices came out of many of those who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed and there was great joy in the city. How many of you know the answer is to be on mission? We keep praying for revival but revival don't come till we start preaching. Uh, Revival doesn't come until we start engaging in the mission. You can pray till the cows come home, but you got to know when the answer comes back to prayer, when Holy Spirit says, okay, I want to move. Get up and preach. 
I want to move. Get up and lay hands on somebody, but I can't do that. Well, see, that's you. That's you looking at yourself and looking at your desires. Remember what we just talked about? Idolatry, witchcraft. Uh, uh. I better hide. Idolatry, witchcraft. It happens in the church more than we even understand because we think that it looks like people with a little Ouija board or a, a, a pentagram and chanting. I, and it, no, listen to me. The Bible says, no, it's even rebelling against the Word of God. It's the equivalent. It's the equivalent because you're not surrendering to the plan and the will of God. Boy, this is harder than I thought this was. I thought I was going to be encouraging, but it feels hard. It feels hard today, but we got to be about the God. Listen. Man, I know we're in COVID season. I recognize that. I understand that people are a little bit freaked out, but I'm telling you the answer is still the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. If we believe the Bible, then we got to believe God and his word. we got to believe that he can do things that we just maybe we try to rationalize and we try to reason out. Well, you know, it's not a good time. to. Here's some of the greatest moves of God that I've ever studied about in history come at the most trying times of personal people's struggles and pain. Man, it's time. Pe people are wondering what's always, how many variants are coming? How many different things are going to happen? I don't know. Well, where do we live in prophetic history? I don't know. The Bible says in last days all this stuff would happen and plagues and all kinds of things. I, you know, I don't know. Maybe Jesus could come tomorrow. Well, what's the answer to Jesus coming tomorrow? You better be right with God. You better get right with God. Yeah, yeah. So, so great revival came in Samaria because somebody went down and preached the gospel and wasn't afraid to start praying for people. The Bible says miracles happen when, it, when, it, when that done. Pe people started listening and hearing what was being said by Philip. And then the third thing. Here's the third thing. So you know there's a whole lot more than this, but I'm giving you three things. One thing, Jesus asks us to. Two, it brings revival. Three, it's to your own advantage. That's why I read the Matthew 6 scripture just a minute ago. When you put the kingdom first, meaning when you put your mission as a kingdom citizen first, he says, here's what did, what did he say we do? Let me read it again for you. Now, if God so clothed the grass of the field, and today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For all after all these things, Gentiles seek. You know who Gentiles are? Unbelievers, non-Jews. Non-Jews. That's what he's relating this to, unbelievers. People who haven't come into a relationship with God yet. And he says, here's what's happening. That's what Gentiles seek after. That's what they spend their life wanting and desiring. And he said, all I'm wanting you to do is seek first God and then let God take care of you. Sometimes we try to take care of us and we do a pretty, pretty poor job, right? Huh? But God's doing a, God can do an excellent job. And he said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And so it is to your advantage. Listen to me. When you start engaging in the mission, God will bring a blessing to you. Can you say amen to that? So how do we engage? First off, we engage in this house. Some of you are called to ministry in this house. Take your place. Whether it's kids ministry, take your place. Whether it's media ministry, take your place. And I tell you, I got enough vision in my heart to expand. I was, I was laying in the bed the other day praying. I'll tell you what I was praying for. God, 
who in the congregation that you've given, because I've got this thing, and we met with some of our staff members and board members to look at some drawings that we've been working on with an architect. Part of it has a bookstore and maybe a little section for merchandise. Merchandise, that just sounds neat. Just, that's a message. I want to give a message. My, my, my daughter and her ex-husband, I don't have time to tell that story. But they started a business called Jesus Loves You. It's just T-shirts with Jesus Loves You on it. In a year went from putting, starting the business on credit cards to a business that made over $100,000 a month in a year. Now, now listen to me. All it was was T-shirts with Jesus Loves You, but done a couple of different ways. And now those shirts literally are around the world. What are you saying? The money doesn't drive me. The message does. The message does. Because if we're going to engage in a, in a mission, we need to talk. We need to talk. I was, at, I, I, I was at the store the other day. I had a shirt on that had a message on it. And it started a conversation with a lady. That mess, It was a, a Christian message. And it, and it started a conversation on it. And so the other day, I was laying into bed thinking, Lord, how can we continue the message? It, even when we have to put our minds to a pen or a paper or our hands to driving a hammer or working on somebody's body as a doctor or whatever you do, how can we continue to speak the message of Christ? And, I, you know, I started praying for God. Who in the church has, 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 just loves merchandise and creativity in that way? Because I'm praying for it. Because, you know what, I don't think that the only ministries are singing, teaching a Sunday school class, or preaching. There was a time that that was the only ministries that was qualified in the church. But I believe there's a whole lot more. And I believe there's a whole lot more that we want to do. So here's, what, here's the point. Here's the point. There's a place for every one of you if God's called you to serve in this, in, in this family. Okay? But here's the second place. And I'm about finished. It's 12.02. Ice cream's tasting sweet right now. I can just think about it. You know, spoil your lunch. That's all right. I've been spoiled before. Anyway, here's the second thing. I need you to hear me closely. I don't believe the Lord started COVID-19. Don't believe it. Believe it came out of the pit of hell. But how I many you know God can use anything? I believe that God has, at, at this moment, when the church is more absent than present, is depending on church people to do marketplace mission more than ever before. Not disengage from the church. Not disengage from the church. See, we've been taught that if you're going to serve God, you can't be successful. If you're going to serve God, you can't be a doctor. What a lie. You know what that said? That's a lie that the devil gave and found somebody who was insecure to preach about it. 
insecure to preach that you can't be a born-again, spirit-filled, on-fire-for-God doctor because doctors have to spend too much time at the hospital. Maybe it was God saying, I need a spirit-filled person with enough brain to apply themselves to go into a hospital and begin to lay hands on people when they start working on it. Maybe. maybe. See, what, what we have to understand is God's, God, God loves people, man. God loves the folks at the hospital. God loves the people on your job. I know they're crazy and I know they got foul language and I know they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff right now. But you know why you're there? You know why he put you there? You know why he opened that door for that job for you? You want to know why he gave you an opportunity there? And, you, and even if you're in your heart and say, you know what, I believe God's called me to full-time ministry. Let me tell you what you need to do right now while you're either part-time or volunteer. You need to preach. Man, I know what that's like. I know what that's like to be going into work every day and saying, God, you're everything to me but my vocation. And I understand there's, not everybody's called into full-time ministry in that way, vocational ministry. I get it. I'm not calling everybody to vocational ministry. What I am saying is be a minister 24-7, 365. God had put it in my heart to be that. You understand? I had to wrestle with a lot of things of understanding, man, I'm making pretty good money right now. If I go into ministry, I'm... You know, who's going to take care of my family? And God stretched my heart to trust him when I had to take a $700 a week pay cut but never had to take a lifestyle cut. Y'all ain't going to hear me. <laughs> I didn't have to take a lifestyle cut because God will take care of you. Okay, so, so me and my wife, we, we did that. But I understand what it's like to be praying. Oh, God, open a door for me. But I'm going to tell you right now, while I was a volunteer, uh, and, and I wanted to volunteer anyway. I'll sweep the floors. I'll clean the toilets. I don't care. You want me there three days a week? I'll be there. Here's the times that I can do it. But I will be there, Pastor. I don't care to clean, clean the parking lot. I don't care to cut the grass. Give me a job to do. I couldn't. I, I wanted to serve the Lord. And, but, but every day going to work, God, I want to do this more. I want to serve more. I want to get, and so I'm going to work. I'm going to, and God, when are you going to open this door? When are you going to open this door? But you know what? I believe one of the reasons the Lord opened the door is because during the time of volunteering that I didn't see myself as a volunteer, I saw myself full-time in ministry. And if it wasn't at a church, it's going to be where I was. I've told you all the turkey stories and all the different stories. I'm just being honest with you. Brother Miller, back here in the back, y'all guys know him. If you don't, he's back here in the back. I love him. When the plant that I was at shut down, I went to work for my father-in-law and learned how to build houses pretty quickly. Built my own house. Praise God, it paid for too. Get you some of that. Anyway, <laughs> devil, thought you was going to restrict me when I had to go down $700 a week. I'm about to come loose here right now. But listen to me, Brother Miller, I, after a while, I went to work for my uncle. A couple con construction companies and my family went to work for my uncle as a foreman for him. Brother Miller was on my crew. He was one of, he was one of, one of my guys. Come on, we lived, it, we lived it on the job, didn't we? I mean, we lived it on the job. And boy, we got into some hairy situations too. I mean, it's almost like my uncle saw our crew as the missionary crew. Yeah, I'm not kidding you. I could tell you some stories later of the jobs that we went to in terms of the people. I mean, that was, but we, we, we lived it, man. 
we lived it. We swing in hammers, but praying, oh God, what I, I want to just serve. I want to serve your will. I want to serve your plan. And I'm going to serve here. I remember witnessing to a lady, we, we were building an addition on for two lesbians. That's not God's plan. And I'm, I'm not here to down people. I just want to bring people into God's. When we talk about family values next week, I need you to understand that this is not picking on people. The devil's picking on families. The devil's trying to destroy lineages. The devil's trying to hurt people, confuse their mind, destroy their identity. They don't even know if they're male or female. They don't even understand things in life. That's the devil. That's not God. God's not trying to hurt anybody. God's bringing you into identity. That's the devil's word. Okay, so so we're there and we're just witnessing, loving on them, loving. Them. What were we loving on them? We're just loving on them, but started witnessing to them about the things of God. And then they want to start having conversations and start talking to them about the things of God. Tears running down their face. Man, we're just loving on people. We're not there to judge anybody. We're there to love on people and let them know Jesus Christ is the answer, man. Jesus Christ is the way. He's the truth. And I'm not here to hurt nobody. That's not what this is about. I'm not trying to preach against. I'm trying to preach for something. I want you to know that God has something for your life. God has something higher. God has something better. God's got love for you. God's got family for you. God's got purpose for you. I'm not here to try to be mean. What I want to say is engage in marketplace ministry. Maybe God has called you. You know what? And I love some of these people that's a part of our staff who says, man, you know what? God's called me to be a Christian business owner. Praise God. I want your business to go as far as it possibly can. I want God to do in your life and in your business as much as it possibly can. Because I understand you're a child of God. You understand that God has gifted you that way. So marketplace ministry. Woo. What is God saying to you right now about marketplace ministry? What it, you know, I, I mean, and I want us to be a church that celebrates the marketplace ministry. Man, if you were to come to me to, to, to today and say, man, I want to engage in marketplace ministry. And pastor, I don't know how to do this. But I kind of got on my heart tomorrow. I'd like to feed everybody on my shift. I say, you know what? Let's figure out how we can give you the money to be able to do that so that you can feed them and take that opportunity to preach the gospel or love on them, share the gospel, the goodness of the Lord with them. Huh? huh? We, we tend to think of it as uh, just a church event. I want to do church events, but why not do them all? Huh? Why not do them all? Marketplace ministry. Stand with me. Y'all need to have some ice cream. It's got to cool down in here a little bit. Pastor just got to heat it up a little bit. So God's favor is going to rest upon you as you go out and do marketplace ministry. I know that because God is always faithful to do that. That Matthew chapter or that Matthew chapter six says that He's going to take care of you. I want to share with you some quotes here, and then we're going to be done. Bow your head for just a minute. Holy Spirit, I pray that nothing but love would bleed off of my tongue this morning. Nothing but love for people, no matter what they walk in in life, no matter what their, their situation is, no matter what sin they're involved in, we're not here to judge, we're here to stand with them for the word of God and help people to understand that you'd make us new creation. So Holy Spirit, I ask you right now, by the love of God, to blanket this congregation. May someone hear the love of God break forth from my lips and heart today 
as we continue to share with them the love and the grace and the word of God. I want your head bowed for right now for just a minute. I'm going to read these to you in just a second, but I want to say this. Today, the Holy Spirit is motivating and energizing his troops, the people in this house, to share the gospel with you. He's engaged all of us through worship, through preaching, through loving. He's sharing through all of us to be able to get your attention. That's what today's day is about. See, today, if you're here and you're not where you need to be with God and you heard this message about mission, you think, man, I don't have a mission or maybe you're not where you need to be with God. All I'm trying to do is encourage the troops for this very moment right here to tell you, your family, and others that we love you and God loves you. But sin will separate you from God. But I'm thankful that Jesus Christ died so you don't have to go to hell for your sin. I didn't have to go to hell for my sin. I don't have to go to hell for my sin. Jesus took care of our sin for us. All we got to do is put our faith and belief and trust in him and serve him. That's what this is about today, friend. I don't know where you are with God, but you need the gospel. You need the gospel of Christ. It is a powerful gospel. It's a liberating gospel. It's a freeing gospel. It's not a burdensome thing. It's a freeing thing. So I want you to just serve the Lord. If you're in this building today, again, every head bowed and every eye closed, and you're not where you need to be with God, but you want to be, would you just lift your hand up and write back down quickly? Anybody? Thank you. God bless you. Anybody? Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Those of you that are online, I love you. We love you. The only reason we're here preaching is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, to let you know that God loves you. He loves you so much that he was willing to send his son to die for you so that you wouldn't have to perish in eternity without God. And eternity can begin for you today, not when you die, but today. You can engage in his kingdom today, the power of God today, and the purpose of God today. So right now, we're going to pray, and we're just going to ask the Holy Spirit to deal with you. But you can pray right now, and if you'll pray while we're all praying together, God will do a work in your heart, transform your life right now. We're going to pray. We're going to pray, and as we begin to pray, and I want everybody praying and praying out loud. You don't have to pray after me, but just pray a prayer of salvation or a prayer for somebody to be saved. If you're saved born again, ask God to touch somebody in this room or online right now but I'm going to ask us all to pray now friend, while we're all praying, would you pray yourself would you ask God to be merciful to you to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from unrighteousness, he'll do it he'll do it today, you'll walk out of here a different person than you walked in this building today so right now, I want us all to pray everybody lift your voice right now, let's pray Father, I love you, thank you for our time together today, I pray blessing over every person, those that raise their hand today I pray a blessing over them, but the greatest blessing I can pray over them is the prayer of salvation I pray you would save them Lord hear their cry of repentance hear them as they say Lord I need your mercy I need your grace I need your forgiveness Father I pray that you would touch I pray that you would love I pray that you would strengthen I pray that you would display your greatness in their lives Father I know you love them Lord you, you, the Bible says that you commended your love toward us you proved it and while we were still sinners Christ died for us oh God we get to thinking sometimes that you love us more because we've been walking with you for a while. But the Bible says that while we were still sinners, 
Christ died for us. You showed that love when we were in a place of sinfulness. And Lord, I thank you that today somebody might be in a place of sinfulness. Somebody that's missed your will profusely, but God, you love them with an everlasting love. And therefore, with your loving kindnesses, do you draw to them and call to them. And Father, I thank you for what you're doing in their heart and in their life today. And I thank you, Lord, for hearing their prayer and cry of repentance. And I thank you that right now, the devil is fleeing in terror because of the powerful blood, the supreme blood of Jesus Christ that's being applied to their life. I thank you now that, Lord, old identities are leaving and a new creation is happening. I thank you now that brokenness is leaving and guilt and shame is leaving and false identities is leaving and right now a heavenly identity is coming and favor is coming and faithfulness is coming and being spread over their lives right now in the name of Jesus. Jesus, Lord, I thank you for what you're doing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we love you today in Jesus' name. Let me leave you with some quotes. Oswald Smith said, Any church that is not seriously involved in helping fulfill the Great Commission has forfeited its biblical right to exist. Ooh, did you hear that? Let me read that one more time. I need you to hear this because I'm about to let you go. Literally, I've got... 35 or 40. No, I don't. Listen. Any church that, has, that is not seriously involved in helping fulfill the Great Commission has forfeited its right to exist as a church. Bill Bright says, There is no higher calling or greater privilege known to man than being involved in helping fulfill the Great Commission. K.P. Yonin says, Rediscover the real meaning of the Great Commission. Beginning in our own prayer and devotional lives, we must begin to feel the compassion of the Lord for a lost and dying world. We have, we, we, as we have already seen, the Great Commission is not something that was given to a tiny group of special, specially trained and educated envoys. It was given to all Christians, to the whole church, it is something that we are all to be engaged in naturally every single day. John Wesley said, you have one business on earth, save souls. Oswald Smith said again, the church that does not evangelize will fossilize. Goodness gracious. David Livingston says, if a, commission, if, if a commission by an earthly king is considered an honor, how can a commission by a heavenly king be called a sacrifice? Praise God. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. No, don't smoke anything, but just think that. Good Lord, help me, Jesus. David Kim said the Great Commission will not be fulfilled with our spare time or our spare money. Henry Martin says, the Spirit of Christ is the Spirit of mission. The nearer we get to Him, the more intensely mission, the, the mission will become. Rick Warren. It is an incredibly difficult task to lead people from self-centered consumerism to being servant-hearted Christians. 
It is not a task for the faint-hearted minister or those who don't like to get their religious robes wrinkled. But it is what the Great Commission is all about. One last one. David Shipley says, I believe that we have the generation that will rise and fulfill the Great Commission. But if we don't, some generation will because God is serious about completing it. And that wraps up this episode of the Covenant Fellowship Podcast. For more information about who we are, please visit us at cfbristol.com or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. We hope that you have a blessed day. And as always, just like we find in Isaiah 60 verse 1, we hope you arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you.